0: This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. The Share Your Hotness podcast is brought to you by Van Garrett Media. Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, Founder and Chief Marketing Officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO, to email campaigns, to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, two R's, two T's, or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801 386 3896. Mention this ad and get a hundred bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801 386 3896 or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness Podcast. Share Your Hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Welcome
1: to Share Your Hotness podcast with Lita Green. I'm really excited to have my guest, Russell Glade. <laughs> I know, Port Russell.
2: Let me say
1: it. We're such good friends. I can't even say his last name because we know each other from the National Speaker Association. We're both speakers, but we also are like, we're, we're like keep throwing out these ideas about collaborating on really cool projects that will happen we just haven't mapped it all out yet so we're really good friends um, professionally he's someone that i sincerely love as a person and we also have something in common which is what i've asked him to be a guest on have this conversation because he has tourettes now those of you who do not know about tourettes do not worry you do not need to filter your children from hearing a bad word coming up that is hollywood um, and so i'm gonna let dr russell Katie, see how I said that correctly? Um, Introduce, and he's also a a therapist, psychologist. I mean, it's not just doctor, like, because I'm hotness. He's like a legit doctor. I will let you explain about Tourette's and just launch into educating us in this conversation.
2: Well, thank you. Glad to be here, and I'm excited. I was excited when when you invited me. Tourette's is a neurological disorder causing verbal and motor tics, simply put. And you mentioned Hollywood. The thing about Hollywood is they do have that, they always throw in that swearing component, like you mentioned, but really only about 10% of those with Tourette's actually have that swearing component.
1: Right, but Hollywood, of course, wants to make it a sensational and pushing the edges of ratings. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. I, and my husband and my son both have Tourette's, and Russell and I do. I think I swear more than all three of you combined, <laughs> even though poopy is my swear word of choice. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: Oh, that's funny.
1: Empirical evidence, not a swearing problem.
2: Here. <laughs> Just one of
1: the millions of ticks people could have. Correct.
2: That's, yeah. And and Roy, any tick can be a tick. I do a lot of eye blinking. Um, I do a lot of throat clearing, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but I do a stomach roll, if that makes sense.
1: So is that like literally like the air is moving through your stomach? You're kind of like having to muscularly move it? Is that what you're saying? I just
2: move the muscles in my stomach. And, um, I. It's hard to explain, but... I, so I you, need, have,
1: you have a six-pack.
2: I wish. Yes, I do. Upstairs in the fridge. No. <laughs> I... It just kind of, i using my muscles, I roll my stomach. Okay. Which causes problems when I'm running.
1: Oh, okay. It's like balance so, issues, right? Because you're moving your core a little bit in a weird way? Yes. Okay.
2: And in addition to that, when I'm running, I also sometimes do a stutter step.
1: Oh, interesting. So you fall.
2: I don't fall, but I always have to stop or slow down or... Uh, just regain my composure the problem with all that is a little thing called I'm a triathlete <laughs> and me being a triathlete I've had to learn so I do Ironman events I've had to learn how to readjust and live differently and run differently I do different mental tricks now to keep me focused and going
1: very cool
2: the other thing about Tourette that people don't realize is it's not just the motor and vocal ticks.
1: Right, right.
2: If you ever want to Google Tourette's iceberg, you're going to see an iceberg. You said above. this
1: to me before. Yes. Yes.
2: But above the water is the vocal and motor ticks. Below the water is a whole bunch of other stuff, such as anxiety, uh, behavioral issues, conduct issues, OCD, um, obsessive compulsive behaviors, which means I don't have, a, I don't do enough to have a disorder, but I do have some of those behaviors, uh, sleep issues, learning difficulties, list it, it, just goes on and on.
1: <clears throat> right. And with any diagnosis, like I have ADD uh-huh. and I always told my kid that your Tourette's is your superpower my ADD is my superpower. I don't think as a speaker, I could have the style that I have and do what I do without that superpower. Yeah. And we all have things that you put on a scale are awesome on one side, on the other side, not so much, but as we're all becoming, we get to work on the not so much side yeah. and enhance the awesome side, but it's not, it's not a life sentence. Right. And yeah. so for you being a young man, being given this diagnosis, how did you approach it? I mean, did your mom I mean did you feel like it was a life sentence?
2: <laughs> I was officially diagnosed at the age of 25 by history. Okay. You, you, I say by history because a true diagnosis, you have to have it diagnosed or at least be able to go back historically from before the age of 18.
1: Okay. yeah, I saw my first my son's now what I know to be his first tick when he was like a two month old. Okay. And yep. he would not breathe for a second. He'd go, oh, terrifying.
2: <laughs> yep. I can go back to about the age of eight.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, he can't remember that at two, right. two months, you know, but I, I would be like, what's wrong with my newborn child? And then my mother, who um, is an educational psychology, um, working on her master's degree, her M- MS, multiple sclerosis actually delayed her ability to finish that, but it was actually in diagnosing learning differences. Oh, wow. And so she was living with us when um, our son would have been like five on until just a few years ago. And she was, when he was about eight, she said, I think he's got Tourette's and Nathan has it too. (laughs) And that's when we started like really getting into it. And by 10, we had him formally diagnosed so that he could have a a ball to squeeze at school for some of that excess energy.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. So you're diagnosed at 25 How did that feel? Like, was this a life sentence feeling or did you go, I've been doing this long, I can handle it? How did you do it? I was
2: actually relieved to know why I was doing the stuff I was doing.
1: Mm. Knowledge is power. Yes. Yeah.
2: Because it was almost frustrating to me going back to the age of eight, I'd sit at the table and before I wrote anything, I'd have to twitch my arm.
1: Mm. Okay.
2: And I was always told, knock it off.
1: Now, who told you knock it off? Teachers, parents?
2: Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll
1: <do>
2: <laughs> but the problem is, I'd say, knock what off?
1: What are you talking about? Because it was neurological. It, it was wasn't neurological. something you were consciously like, oh, I like to move my sleeve just like this before I write. Right. Yeah.
2: I didn't realize I was doing it. And then I picked up on all the stuff I was doing. And then... Uh, I had facial tics and growing up, I was, I don't, I don't know if this contributed to um, being bullied, if you will. Of course it
1: did. Of course it did. Cause anything that's different about us is what gets us teased as kids and what makes us cool as adults. Let's just be real. True. Yeah. True.
2: Well, I was all, I'm also short.
1: you Are Are you short? I'm I am. I'm like, I, five,
2: I'm like five, four.
1: I guess I just, to me, I haven't, I just haven't ever like, Oh, Russell's short.
2: (laughs) But as a youth, I was really, you know, really short up until even 16. I was really short. Didn't have a growth spurt after that.
1: So were you short and like kind of small? So the girls looked at you like their little brother or. Oh, yeah. Because now you're like proportionally normal.
2: You know, I was I was very lightweight. Until I
1: was,
2: yeah, we'll gonna say for a long time.
1: So I my my mommy heart is hurting for you a little bit because getting my son the diagnosis when he did, when we did, yeah. he was able to advocate for himself a little bit. People would be like, What are you what are you doing with your nose? Why are you doing that? You know, because they're kids. Yeah. Right. And he would say, Oh, I have a thing called Durett's and it's just extra energy moving out and it, they're called ticks. And some of them be like, what? And they'd be like and some people are like oh that's cool yeah <laughs> because he was confident about it people oh that's cool so you didn't have that
2: i didn't and, and so they and just even, teased
1: you and you're like what's wrong with me yep mm. okay mommy yep. hugs
2: and and thank you and i've had to go through a lot of self-reflection and forgiveness that has actually been really motivating powerful in, in my life
1: so is that what guided you into being a therapist and helping people with their issues
2: honestly people ask me what guided me to be a therapist it just kind of happened uh-huh I never set out to get a doctorate degree <laughs>
1: well I need to be on that never set out to become a doctor I want to be the doctor of hotness one day
2: <laughs> well there you go <laughs> well for hotness. me I I did not attend school super well, shall we say?
1: Um, is I, is am I correct that that is something that with Tourette's, because there's a hyper focus with it, it's all what you focus on. So like my husband got one A minus in high school, and the fact that we all know that wow. is crazy. And every academic thing, but he works hard. Yeah. And our son is like everyone else is stressed, and I'm not going to stress it. He has he has good grades but he definitely is not over focusing on them and so we've had to kind of when he was younger especially like it's okay you can do this Motive. so is that what you're talking about that it just wasn't what you you chose to focus on or the moving around distracted in the classroom
2: your son's probably a straight a student compared to me
1: <laughs> well he does he does have honors right now
2: yeah and there you go
1: yeah, poor kids. I mama. My parents.
2: <laughs> I I actually had a .67 GPA at one point. In time. Oh,
1: oh, okay. So was that the Tourette's, or was that a learning difference, or was that? I think shaming.
2: I think there was a, a learning difference, mm-hmm. and a more. Oh, what's the word I want? Throw in the throwing all the stuff under the water. Okay. On the okay. iceberg right i right. deal with most of them
1: right right the the and being blunt we're talking about the anxiety the ocd compulsive stuff the yep right yep yeah and, and it, yeah it it is it's like yeah i mean there's like we could go in so many directions with all of that you know so how did you go from a 0.6 gpa to a doctorate i mean that's 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 like a movie story
2: i fell out of high school at the end of my 11th grade year because if i'd gone my senior year i still wouldn't have had enough credits to graduate
1: wow okay so
2: my air quote senior year was uh, adult education
1: so that you mean GED
2: no adult oh. education okay so my diploma actually says metropolitan adult education program and i okay. actually have a, d- a diploma and so i i just went to school there which didn't require law of the Pre, uh, requirements as regular high school right like health and all that stuff that we teach um, in high school adult education didn't have it got it so okay. i needed fewer requirements fewer classes and i was able to finish up
1: a so program. why did you decide to pursue a college degree
2: well i tried my hand at being an entrepreneur tried a couple different businesses, had some fun. Fast forward till 25 when I met my wife and got married. As I was getting ready to get married, I was thinking, I need a career. I need to do something other than being, you know, at the time I was a mall cop.
1: Right. So it was-
2: Unfortunately, I didn't have- it was
1: a woman that motivated you
2: it was <laughs> now being you, a mall have, cop unfortunately i didn't have one of those segues <laughs> but you know it was so fun
1: so you uh you now have three kids you told me right i do and so it was a woman and the possibility of children that you went i need to have more than what a mall cop gets paid and maybe better hours yes yep see this is a movie story probably right because in hollywood i'm falling in love and someone who loves you solves all your problems that's right <laughs> and we laugh because it can motivate us but it shouldn't be the end all
2: that's right and for me it's it well let me let me continue on it gets quite interesting i went back and got my associate's degree i figured i can survive on associate's degree
1: so oh. at 25
2: at 25 so by I graduated when I was 26 because I already had a couple of classes and, and tried to do some things before that. So you're and,
1: going to school full time and supporting a wife? You don't have kids yet?
2: That's correct. That's okay.
1: Correct. So you're working and going to school or you just go yes. to
2: school? Yeah, okay. no, working and going to school. And then and it was actually kind of fun. My wife took some classes too. Not the same ones I was taking, but you know, we, we were able to hang out at school in the hallway.
1: Right. I like yeah. that. I actually refer to our time before children uh-huh. as when we were single. Yeah. <laughs> because we could do things together and it was different yeah. and we didn't have this, who has the baby.
2: <laughs> right. That changes a lot.
1: And in a beautiful way, but yes. Okay. Keep going with your story.
2: Well, we decided to move to Utah, which is a whole story into itself. We decided to move to Utah. We're here. And I decided to go back to school. I thought, okay, two more years. I can handle two more years to get my bachelor's degree. Well, I got my bachelor's degree in psychology because my associate's degree is in administration of justice. So I was going to be a police officer. I wanted to go canine, And then I figured, well, if I get a bachelor's degree, that will give me a leg up in the hiring process, specifically if I have a degree in psychology and I want to also do hostage negotiations. I would still love to be involved in, in some of that hostage negotiation stuff
1: someday. Okay. People, if you are ever in need of that, I have a friend.
2: (laughs) If you know anybody that does that as a police officer, I'd love to have a conversation.
1: Yeah. Very cool.
2: And then I got my, my bachelor's and thought, you know, for two more years, I could have a master's degree. Okay, wait I, just, wait. I just did two years, so I might as well do two more.
1: So we've we've gone from a 0.6 GPA. Uh huh. We did a year of school. We got that accomplishment of an AA degree. Yep. But we still have learning differences. Uh huh. So how was college different? high school was it the added maturity was that knowing what those differences were
2: yes yes and i had i met two amazing professors in my psychology uh, degree and that helped me a lot they sat down with me and helped me work through some things and they also helped me figure out what i needed to do differently and so i was able to take classes or tests that sometimes i spoke into a recorder
1: oh, okay so they basically create your essay IEP questions for you. okay i'm sorry so they basically created an iep for you by letting you talk to the recorder yes okay cool yep and it's so interesting this was before ieps
2: it was but it's interesting how those ieps are powerful tools if you maintain them from even elementary school up through
1: and okay I'll, so i really explain
2: that in a minute
1: i realize that some of our audience may not know what an iep is it's an uh, individualized education program and you have to get a 504 in most school districts and well, i don't know
2: 504 that. is different than an iep
1: oh okay okay but and you have I, to go through your school get the technical diagnosis and yep. all that kind of thing yeah
2: and i guess point out they're different because an iep that individualized education plan requires more paperwork if you will or more diagnoses than a 504 okay you can walk in if you can show that you that your child would benefit from a 504 it's a lot easier than saying i want iep now there are some legal differences there as well that they are legally bound to follow the iep
1: okay okay um, so we we've gone the 504 route, even though we've never used it, because teachers have been so great about working with yep. Nathaniel, and he we've taught him to advocate for himself. Good, and uh,
2: maintain that maintain that 504 because when he goes to college, you walk into disability services or accessibility services, and say, in high school I have 504. It'll then transfer to to college. Okay. And you'll be able to use it because you have had it.
1: Got it. This okay. is good information for parents. It's Thank better, you, Dr. Russell.
2: It's better to have and not use than not to have because you didn't use it.
1: Perfect. I, I like to take notes.
2: No problem. And then from there, I decided two more years and I can handle two more years. And that's when my mind opened up. I found out that if it's a topic I am really invested in, it's much easier to sit and study it.
1: I love that. I love that. And I think that applies to a lot of things in life. Yes. We don't know the why or how this is going to apply to our lives. Or a relationship doesn't feel like it has anything. It's, It's about are we willing to invest? Yeah. And is it worthy of our investment? I like that.
2: Well, I, while I was some side notes here, while I was getting my master's degree, I actually became a juvenile probation officer, which was a lot of fun. Um, then I graduated and started focusing on therapy. And about six months later, I was talking to my wife about uh, potentially getting my doctorate degree. I figured they eh, had two more years. I could probably have a doctorate degree. Well, oh, granted, it turned out to be about three. But
1: Now, do you have kids yet?
2: Yes.
1: Okay, because that complicates that question.
2: Oh, yes. (laughs) When, by this time, we have 2.75 children. (laughs)
1: 2.75. Okay. Your, Your wife is a good woman. Changes are hard when you're in the nesting phase of pregnancy.
2: My long story short, I was accepted to doctoral school in Missouri. My baby girl, youngest daughter, was born. Two weeks later, we were loading the moving van. We hired a moving van, moving company this time.
1: Oh, okay. Because my husband graduated from school and I had a two-week-old baby. Mm -hmm. And we moved across the country. And so I always tell my daughter, long story short, because there's a little bit more happening in there. That by the time she was two weeks old, she'd been in nine states. And that one day when she has children, I want you to think about that.
2: I'd never <laughs> thought of that. But so by the time my daughter was three weeks old, she'd been because we drove. Right. So she'd been through a number of states
1: as well. Now, but that was before we moved across the country. Ah. So literally when I had my baby, I there were some issues and stuff. My, my best friend who lived in New York, I lived in New Hampshire, she said, do you need me to come get you or can you get yourself here? And so, so that part of why there was so much moving around when she yeah. was brand new yeah, because I, had, I needed to be taken care of and I didn't have family support. So then we moved across the country. So yeah. I, I just want you to go up to your wife on behalf of my uterus <laughs> and hormones and say, Lita thinks you're awesome. Because that is... I know you get it because you're, you're an awesome, empathetic man, but not everybody who has do- done that would get how weird that is. You just really want to cocoon when you first have a baby. Yes. So she really believed in you on this crazy plan to become a doctor.
2: Yes. And what's interesting about it, I was going to wait uh, one more year to apply. And she called me one day and said, if we're going to do it, we've got to do it now.
1: Oh, bless her awesome
2: and that was that would have been in january and so she was three months pregnant at that point so
1: yeah <laughs> good she is amazing for you guys good for you guys okay so,
2: so while i was getting my doctorate degree i also got my certificate in marriage and family therapy and then we i i would my residency happened to be back here in utah so we ended up back here in utah
1: And do you have family here in Utah or is it just, yeah, not, (laughs) not
2: not extended family. Not at the time. Now we do, but not at the time.
1: So there wasn't anything pulling you here per se that you just had the job, the residency opportunity.
2: That was the only thing that was residency. We were not planning on coming back.
0: The Share Your Hotness podcast is brought to you by Vanguard Media. Hi, I'm Chris Van Garrett, founder and chief marketing officer of Van Garrett Media. If you're a business owner or a knowledge worker, you know that crafting your own voice and message around your brand is absolutely crucial to your success, especially in the COVID and post-COVID era. But how do you do all of that at the same time still work on your business instead of in it? Don't have a website? Is your logo one of those $50 specials from Fiverr? Was your tagline just stolen dialogue from a 90s sitcom? Hey, we've all been there. You had to start somewhere, am I right? This is where Van Garrett Media can help. We specialize in digital marketing and branding for small and medium-sized businesses. We get to know the root and soul of your business, finding out what makes you tick and why, and then we craft a message that'll make your target audience see you as the solution to their needs. We'll then bring them to you through targeted marketing efforts using everything from social media and SEO, to email campaigns, to old-fashioned television commercials, radio, and press releases. You can find us on Facebook. Just search out Van Garrett Media, 2Rs, two 2Ts, two or give us a call, 801-386-3896. That's 801 801-386- 386 3896. Mention this ad and get a hundred bucks off your custom branding package. That's 801-386-3896, or check us out on Facebook, Van Garrett Media.
1: Pausing for a moment, I've always told people that Tourette's is because you kind of hinted at this: that there's the iceberg and there's all the different things that are happening. It's not just the outside things. Yeah. So I've always told people, there's a part of your brain, the agmagdala, how do you say it? Oh, right? uh,
2: uh, amygdala.
1: Amygdala, thank you. It's one of the words that I say a lot that I can't seem to get my mouth around. It's like, I'm the fickle I am. <laughs> um, amygdala is the fight or flight. And we all have the frontal lobe fears. Am I liked? Am I accepted? And most of us are staying in our fight, You know, our, our frontal lobe fears. But the fight or flight fears is what's being triggered with Tourette's. And so the anxiety is amplified. The, am I going to be okay? They just kind of skip that and go to the augmedilia. And so then there's that cortisol flush. Am I explaining that well, or is that, what would you add to that?
2: What I would add to that is anxiety happens to be one of the diagnoses or disorders that we know the most about. More, you know, better than depression and all these others. Um, and anxiety there's a couple different pathways but anxiety happens that emotion or that feeling before we cognitively know it
1: so that's in that amygdala Amygdala. just kind of let's pause for a moment while i say that word well amygdala so that that is that is the fight or flight happening
2: yeah it's the fight or flight happening
1: and so we can be triggered not by a bear but by someone who's been toxic to us in the past, and it's just subconscious, it's just yep. happening.
2: Okay. It just happened, and then we realize it, and then we have to deal with the, the, the fallout from those neurotransmitters that have been released.
1: So the cortisol flood, the yeah. hormones that are upset. I'd yes. had to interpret it for those of us that are not doctors, <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. and so we know a lot about anxiety, and that's kind of helped me explain to people like, this is what's happening. There's a lot happening underneath the surface, which really all of us have a lot happening on the surface, Yes. but knowing our body chemistry. So my theory, tell me if I'm wrong. The reason you're a triathlete is because I, we've been told with my boys that physical activity is essential. It's essential for everybody. Yes. But an essential way to handle Tourette's. My husband, without a diagnosis, was like, wait, I feel better when I work out. And so he works out all the time, like erotically. Yep. And our son, whenever I can see him ticking more, I'm like, go on a run. Yeah. And I'm his mommy and I boss him. So <laughs> is that kind of, did the Tourette's lead to you becoming a triathlete? Was that a conscious decision with what you were learning or you just feel better?
2: I've just always felt better. I used to leave my house, run 10 miles and be back and ready to do something else within an hour. Wow. I I just had that ability.
1: You might be my husband's brother (laughs) because I've never had the impulse to go run 10 miles.
2: Oh, (laughs) I ran. I, I ran three organized half marathons last year.
1: Awesome. And, and that, that year being 2020. Yes. Right, which what, is stressful for has, everyone in some way.
2: Well, And what I've learned about that, what I've learned about goal setting from running those three, somebody told me, set three goals for yourself on running a um, half marathon. The first goal is finish. That's my goal. My goal is to finish. The second goal is to set a goal that you tell everybody that's respectable, but that's when you're broadcasting. So So
1: like your time? Yes. Okay. Or that I'm not going to die.
2: My first goal was to finish. My second goal that I told my wife, I said, plan on me doing two hours and 20 minutes. Okay. Because that's just over 10 minutes per mile. And I know I can do that. That's reasonable. And then you tell I don't your,
1: know if that's reasonable, but okay. <laughs>
2: then you tell yourself the third goal. And that's a goal you keep to yourself. And that's the goal that would make you absolutely ecstatic if you were able to do. Mm. And for me, that goal was two hours. Sub two hours.
1: Right. Because the other would, one was 220 that you said to your wife.
2: Yes. It was about, you know, at least 21 minutes shorter, which is 20, you know, 21 minutes on 13 miles. That's a, a good minute and a half faster per mile. And so that's a big difference, but I knew I could do it in two hours, 20 minutes. Love it. But I really wanted to break that two hour mark. And all so three of I my, do- all three of my uh, races that I ran last year, We're all under two hours.
1: Yeah, well done. Well done. Well, my public goal with marathons is to never run run one on purpose. (laughs) And the goal I keep to myself is to not get eaten by a bear because I'm running that marathon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how fast you have to run to get away from a bear?
1: Okay. I've actually had an encounter with a bear. Do not run.
2: No, all you got to do is run it faster than the person behind you.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay, like I'm saying literally like I had an encounter with a bear. But this wow. is about you. So we, you, you, you're another you know, a doctor, you have Tourette's. How did you decide to become a speaker? Because I hope that people have kind of been noticing those little teeny sounds. You're pretty good at them. That, that would be pretty vulnerable to be like put yourself in the public light with a arguably something that somebody would say well you can't do that because you have this weird speech thing
2: okay you want to talk weird I've always enjoyed public speaking I was in speech and debate in high school I took a debate class in college I've always enjoyed being up there and sharing I've been a professor at the graduate and undergraduate level for over 10 years, adjunct. It's just been enjoyable. But the one thing I did find when I was teaching, I, I tried this out. If I didn't talk about Tourette's, people would kind of look at me weird.
1: Mm.
2: The moment I talked about Tourette's, people said, oh, I didn't even notice.
1: <laughs> okay. okay, there's so- a really cool lesson in that. There's a really cool lesson in that, that sometimes, okay, I want, you, you got it. You tell us, you tell us what the cool lesson
2: is. <laughs> well, I just learned that when I'm more vulnerable, I'm more accepted.
1: Yes. And it doesn't mean you're doing a pity party that I'm doing like no. a victory stance. Cause it yeah. doesn't mean you're like, Oh, I can't because I have a neurological difference. You're well, saying, you, I have Tourette's. You're advocating if, for yourself. You're being going If you ruled. go into
2: it with a pity party, then it doesn't work.
1: Right. So you have to know thyself.
2: Exactly. And so now when I get up and speak, I talk about Tourette's first thing out of the shoe.
1: Love it. That reminds me of our friend, Chad Hymas, uh-huh. who is in a wheelchair. And he's arguably one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Right. And uh, love Chad but I kind of hate him because he breaks all the speaking rules and gets away with it because he's not just because he's in a wheelchair that's just like makes you go like, this is interesting, but he uses that in such a powerful way that there's not an ounce of pity for himself. Yeah. And it's just like, it's amazing. I've tried to like formulaically figure out how he does what he does so that I can become a better speaker. And the only thing I can come up with is he just holds us in the palm of his hands. Yeah. He's just got this gift. And so I'm wondering if even with all the obstacles, you just, God just kind of directed you to your gift. Could be. Cause I do think that hearing you speak and I've been able to hear you speak a few times. I love that automatically exposed vulnerability. I love that because Thank it does you. allow your audience to connect with you in a way that they don't, Maybe wouldn't it would take more work to do? I right. don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's a gift.
2: that's been fun, and I enjoy it.
1: Right. So your superpower, you would agree, that's one of the awesome superpowers that made Russell.
2: and, and the other thing about vulnerability that I've learned is, it's okay to be different. Yes. And there is humor in that difference. You won't hear me vocalize very often because generally people with threats suppress their their vocalizations until they're in a safe place. My safe place has become my car and my home.
1: Okay, so that's a lot of mental energy.
2: It is, it's, oh, it's very tiring.
1: So how do you manage hours and hours of being around people do you time yourself to give yourself breaks so that you can make those louder sounds?
2: No, not as, not as, I I really don't. I'm just able to suppress them, but the longer I suppress them, I know the louder they're gonna be when I get into the car.
1: Okay, okay. So with your family, you- I'm okay, I can do it. Yeah, that's fine. In fact, we're
2: driving down the street one day, my daughter, my oldest daughter, who now has three beautiful, beautiful children that I'm lucky to call.
1: And you can't see the pride in his eyes as he <laughs> says that. Yes.
2: But she is probably three. And she's in the car seat behind me. I'm driving. My wife's next to me. And so we're driving along and I yell, hey, that's been one of my vocal tics for a long time. I yelled, hey, and then the car went back to quiet and she said, hey, hey, what, daddy? <laughs> Fast forward, um, I have three grandchildren. And if I say, hey, the oldest grandchild who is five looks at me and go, hey, it's for horses. <laughs>
1: That is so cute.
2: There's humor in that,
1: right? Right.
2: Because of the innocence of a child.
1: Yeah, and you're going back to your number two, you know that you said because you said being real and being vulnerable. Number two, it's okay to be different. Yeah. You're not saying, oh, oh, we we don't focus on that. Oh no, we don't notice that. You're just embracing it. It's okay.
2: How can you not notice?
1: Well, isn't that interesting? Because when you would talk about the Tourette's, people say, I didn't even notice. Uh-huh. And this is like when people say, I didn't even notice they were black. I'm How like, you Isn't that kind of rude? Because our brains are wired to notice color. Yeah. Just like there's a little pause, and you're, Of course, I'm going to notice those things. Doesn't mean that's, it's when we apply value to that that it's a problem.
2: Exactly. And that difference, though, between skin color, for instance, is what makes the world beautiful amen and it's what has made my life beautiful by being able to interact from with different people and learn from them
1: right where your your um thing that someone might be uh prejudice against that you have to at least be able to talk to them yeah and that that could be empowering because you get to at least have that conversation Mm-hmm. Where someone who's prejudiced because someone of their color, they don't get to have that conversation with people. They just get the judgment. Exactly. So again, conversations ju- even, solves all the world problems, people. <laughs> it does.
2: In fact, I haven't quit going to school yet.
1: Oh no! What what's past a doctorate? Multiple doctorates?
2: I have a certificate in conflict resolution.
1: Okay. a certificate
2: in domestic mediation, a certificate in leadership for social and personal impact.
1: Yeah, you've done some really awesome, awesome things. Okay, so I'm going to ask you three questions, and I feel like you've already answered them. So we'll just, if we need to reference back. Okay, so because all, all fire has three things that it needs to burn. We're all hot, right? And we're all hot, of course, and we're sharing your unique hotness. What has been your fuel? So the thing that started that started it all.
2: I'm big on relationships. Relationship with God, relationship with my spouse, relationship with my children, relationship with my grandchildren. And even Tourette's
1: yeah
2: Tourette's fuels me that keeps me going because I know with the stories I have that I can make a difference
1: absolutely
2: let me share another story with you that happened to me recently I was at a networking breakfast and I'm twitching and one of my twitches is I I blink i blinked specifically my left eye the woman standing up there leading before we started she looked at me and said you're winking at me or are you just happy to be here <laughs> and i looked at her and said oh i have Tourette's and she went oh ha ha ha," kind of laughed it off we then went around
1: so she thought you were joking she did okay
2: we went around there was only about 25 people in the room i believe and We were able to introduce ourselves with our name, what we do and give, tell us something unique about yourself. And as it was coming around, I was thinking, do I go there? Do I go there or do I save her the embarrassment? Mm. And I thought, you know, now's my time to stand up and to teach.
1: Yes, because there might be someone else who won't have the words and the skills that you have to teach her this. And
2: so when it came to me, I stood up, introduced myself as Dr. Russ said what I do. And I went, took a breath and went and she's up there smiling and we're all having a good time. And I said, and I have Tourette's. And her whole face just drained like, oh no, what did I do? yeah yeah we were able to i purposely stayed afterwards to check on her make sure she was okay she was very apologetic but it was that opportunity to share
1: yes and, to, and to i didn't hide educate. to educate
2: educate definitely
1: with kindness and compassion and not shaming or pulling yeah. her you know you didn't call her out in a mean way right yeah i love that that's awesome okay so We've got your fuel, God, family, your passions, even the things that might have been a a poopy thing at one point, they're good. Now, what is your heat? So how do you maintain that? How do you, right?
2: How do I maintain?
1: Yeah. How do you maintain overall the things that light you up?
2: I look for opportunities to teach. I speak. I coach, I, in in fact, with my triathlon training, I look for opportunities to improve. I needed some help running. So I thought, okay, I can either hire a running coach or I can become a running coach.
1: Of course.
2: Yes. Yeah. That's where we start at the top. That's where my wife (laughs) said, of course. And so, yes, I became a certified running coach. In fact, my wife the other day asked me, so you became that coach. Has it helped you personally in your running? It's like, yes, it has.
1: Very cool. There's such a cool arch here, especially to like young people who feel like they haven't accomplished the goal marks that they need to. Mm -hmm. That you went from a 0.6 GPA you're a your constant learner. Yeah. I love that.
2: And, and okay. that constant learning really helps fuel me.
1: Yes, I love it. Okay, so what are the habits that you use daily, your oxygen that fire needs to burn? What are some of those habits that you use daily to keep your heat and fuel going?
2: I have all my metals hanging on the wall next to my bed that diplomas. i have one diploma up in my office because i do online therapy and my other diplomas are actually just stacked next to my my desk right now
1: go find some frames put them up
2: well they're all framed i just haven't that that's that right now is not what is my oxygen right right my metals and looking at them and thinking, okay, I have Tourette's, I have, tro- I, when I was younger, I walked pigeon-toed. Mm. And I was in braces to bring my feet out. I also had a severe speech impairment, and I can't tell you how many speech therapists I've been to.
1: So they told you you could never speak, and you became a speaker, and they told you you wouldn't be able to walk, and you became a triathlete Boom. Yep. Yeah. I would growing up, but I always told what an unfortunate personality I have. And now I laugh because I make a living off of my personality (laughs) and I'm actually quite delightful.
2: (laughs) And when people do that, you know, they're going to be good at what they do.
1: I also think that we are so quick to put a label or even a diagnosis to challenge. Right. It yes. says this diagnosis, this label puts you in this box. And I think as parents, we always have to struggle and realize that our children, we did not, we might've given them bodies, but we did not give them souls. Yeah. And that soul, that value, that worth, we don't get to dictate what direction that goes in because they get to have their own human experiences. Right. Okay. So we always have to fight that you belong here. This is what you have to do thing. Because our society has always been doing that. Yeah. And it's really cool that I I always said to my daughter, I'm like, what a great time to be a woman. There's no box that I have to be in. If I was born, if I was a wife in the 1950s, I was either in society as a housewife with a great apron, making dinner, calling my husband dear, or I was on the outside of society. And I get to be both. Yeah. I have a really nice apron but I do not call my husband dear, I call him lover.
2: Even better.
1: <laughs> right? So that's it's right. it's uh, it's interesting as we become and we learn, what I'm loving about this is that you took, like any other movie story of somebody who overcame, you took the things that were liabilities and you made them assets. And See, that's another each, reason I love you.
2: Each of us, thank you. Each of us needs to do that in our own lives and that's when we'll find the happiness and that's when we reach our full potential.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So you coach, you speak, you're a constant learner, you have three kids, how many grandkids? Three. Three, so three and three. So no one's allowed to make more. I'm just or they
2: can have as many as they want.
1: Yeah, they have to at least multiply, right? Right. To, you know, at least nine,
2: you there, know. There you go. There <laughs> I you tell
1: go. my kids, no, no pressure, but I've always wanted a lot of grandkids. Uh, so funny you are an amazing human being and I appreciate you Dr. Russell for being on my podcast share your hotness and giving us some tips I've taken some awesome notes I'm looking forward to sharing in our show notes and thank you for being on here I really appreciate you there's anything that you just want to like Oh, I want to make sure I share this with the audience
2: just go forth and be your best self and you do that by being vulnerable, but in order to be vulnerable, you have to be okay with yourself.
1: Love it. You're amazing. Thank you so much for being on Dr. Russell Gady, my dear friend, and hopefully we'll be able to announce our collaboration soon. I'm looking forward to it. I love it. Okay, thank
0: you. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.